leaders share 20 minutes. Um, I am originally from Poland, if you were wondering what my strange accent is. But in the last 38 years, I've been living in New York City. And uh, I came to uh, OA in 1979 in Lubbock, Texas. Um, and uh, I was just about to move to New York City, so um, next year will be 40 years for me. And um, I became abstinent in December 1983. I stopped binging, and um, I've been struggling with um, slipping and sliding. And in the last six months, uh, I got a very clean abstinent abstinence that I thought it was not possible. So I am a living, breathing miracle right here. And, um, okay, um, we would like to remind OA members that there are the other 12-step fellowships to speak only to your personal recovery, but that's after I speak. So I'm supposed to speak for, t for 20 minutes. So Barbie, can you give me, um, five minute warning and it's on slogans so uh, I'll give you just a little synopsis few paragraphs how how I about my uh, uh, disease of compulsive overeating and my recovery so I was born in Poland uh, three years after World War II my both parents went through the war, um, horror stories, and they never um, dealt with it and gave me a package and said, here it is, you deal with it. And um, of course, there are a lot of emotional trauma and uh, my mother really could not be there for me the way um, a mother should be. And uh, I always felt that um, I felt alone and I felt unhappy and I felt very unconnected to others. And the first time I learned that um, I was compulsive overeater was um, when I was sick and my mother what I wanted. And I said, I would like this specific candy that I liked. And I knew there was something odd, you know, that the normal child would like a toy, but I wanted the candy. But anyway, I uh, started um, dieting around 13, 14. I gained 10 pounds or whatever. I started um, um, eating more than, you know, gaining weight. And um, But my, my true uh, compulsive overeating started uh, when I came to the United States when I was 21. Uh, the disease was waiting for me, and it was pretty... Uh, pretty gruesome. I was going up and down 40 pounds, uh, thousands of calories of sugar. And uh, fast forward in 1979, I found a way and it became um, a way of life for me. Um, I embraced it with all my heart, with all my mind, with everything that I had. And it became my way of life in the last close to 40 years. But the thing is, um, the, the topic is about slogans. So the first slogan, my absolutely um, favorite, it's let go and let God. And um, as a compulsive overeater, I can speak only for myself, but I'm observing other compulsive overeaters. We have a huge problem with control, with self-will. And there's something about compulsive overeating and addiction in general that you want to control it. Who wants to be out of control, right? So therefore we develop a, a strong will to overcome the disease, to overpower the disease. And uh, it was the most amazing thing that happened to me when I came to OA. They told me, you cannot control the disease. In fact, you're powerless over disease. And that was like a huge, huge uh, relief for me because in in the heart of my heart, I knew that I couldn't uh, control food, that there were, when there was food in me, I lost. So suddenly there was a, a new solution 
something that I could not figure out on my own. Uh, higher power and God uh, that has more power than me. And um, the slogan, uh, let go and let God became my, my, my heartbeat. And uh, the only thing is that it's, it's very easy, but it's very difficult to actually do it. And um, as, a, as a compulsive overeater, I wanted to recover. So I said, whatever I have to do, I'll do. I, I cannot continue binging. It was killing me. It was absolutely killing me. So uh, what I did, I, I was told, go to the meetings. So I went to the 90 meetings in 90 days. I could not stop. And for the first uh, three years when I was in, in OA, I went to a meeting every day and sometimes twice a day. Manhattan has a lot of meetings. It has like maybe 100 meetings uh, in, um, in, in New York City, in Brooklyn and Queens. So, you know, you, you can go to a meeting, you know, all the time. And I could not stop eating. They told me to do the uh, fourth step. I did fourth step and I could not stop eating. And after three years, um, the, 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 the huge letting go happened because my, in my heart, in my mind, in my unconscious, I realized that I cannot control food. And I went on my knees and I begged God and I said, you do it for me because I cannot do it. I cannot do it. I am a super achiever. I think that I'm very smart, I'm cunning, you know, I live in Manhattan, I have great resume, um, you know, I can do it. It's, you know, I, I'll just try harder, you know, and I couldn't do it. And there was something about giving my life and my disease to God that finally did it. And uh, I'm like this miraculous person that uh, on December 12th, um, 1983, I... I never binged again. So uh, letting go and letting God works. Sometimes it just takes time. And I believe that we all have the um, timetable of um, recovery, that we cannot, we can, we can take actions, but we're truly powerless over results. Because for the next 30 plus years, I you know, I've been slipping and there food that always knock at my door and, you know, I was, you know, back and forth. And last um, uh, April, I asked people, a couple of people to pray for me. And I went on my hands and knees and I said, I cannot take the slips. Used, I used to not be, be able to take binging. Now I cannot take slips. You know, even slips made me feel crazy, you know. Because if you're a compulsive overeater, and uh, if, you know, I'm talking about myself, and I abused food for so many years, abusing even a little bit feels horrible. You know, it feels like uh, I, was, I was trying to tell people how I felt. I felt it's like slipping was like um, uh, sleeping with the bed bugs. I never had bed bugs, but I assume that it's not great. You know, uh, I just assume that it doesn't feel too too good. So, um, so having you know my as I talked to my co-sponsor, my food being being quiet, it's a huge huge relief release, and uh, I'm just fabulously grateful. Um, and it's all about the first three steps. Um, I cannot. I'm powerless over food. Uh, God can. I think I let him. You know. I, I think this is this is the the crux of 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 the of program. And um, of course, um, another slogan is uh, faith without works is dead. And I believe in taking actions. I think it's very important to get out of myself. To call somebody, uh, actually, I stop calling. I do emails. I do daily email with my sponsee and my co-sponsor, and I turn over everything that happened to me that day, a good, bad, indifferent, my gratitudes, whatever it's happening. That it's there's something extremely wonderful to share it with another human being, and uh, and I love meetings. I absolutely love meetings. In fact. 
I love OA and I love all of you because you're my brothers and sisters and I don't have anybody here. All my family is in Poland, so you're my family and I love you dearly. And um, let me see, what else do I have? Um, oh, yeah. Recovery, it's a journey, not a destination. I love that. The, I am huge on process. I, I when I came uh, to OA, I felt that, you know, from I was going from point A to point B, from B to C, from C to D, and you know, my life was like, you know, mechanical, and I learned over a period of time that that um, recovery and in fact life, it's a process, you know, and might as well enjoy the process, you know, it's like. There was something about going through process and, and enjoying uh, whatever it's happening to me daily that it's, it's very precious. And uh, that leads to one day at a time, my absolute favorite. I just love one day at a time. Because I remember when I came to program and my sponsor was, was talking to me and she really thought that I was insane. And I was insane. I wanted to do everything in one day immediately. And if I could not do it, you know, I will give up and be totally hopeless and helpless. And she gave me this little visualizations and she said, Christina, what you have to do is to see what you want, what you want and can do today just today and everything else imagine a shelf and put it on the shelf and if you want to pick it up next day it'll be there it's on the shelf and that's how I live my life I make I make a list what I can do today and usually there are small there are small steps I call them baby steps for example if I want to uh, travel around the world, the first thing is to see uh, what travel agency I, I want to, to um, contact, right? The next thing you need to call them and et cetera, et cetera. The same thing if you want to get your PhD program. You know, it's, it's, it's going for the small baby steps each day. And then that way, I feel that my confidence is being built and uh, I achieve great things just doing one day at a time. And I think it's totally miraculous whoever it, um, designed this very emotional and psychological tool. Um, progress, not perfection. I love that one. And I recently heard in the meeting uh, this woman said, uh, progress is perfection. And I like that. Progress is perfection. And um, last but not least, keep coming back. It works if you work it. And yes, I think this is this is how how this program works. You know, keep coming back. If you stop, it stop working, right? So uh, I always encourage newcomers. You know, because I see those poor newcomers coming and being, oh my God, I cannot, I cannot do it. I cannot, you know, uh, I'm not coming back. And I said, no, keep coming back. The, the program will work through you. You know, there's a miraculous process that takes place. So I am done. <laughs> <laughs> and I will give it to my co-leader. And I mean, even under 20 minutes. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Um, my name is Claire, and I'm a compulsive eater, and uh, I'm from Quebec. Uh, I have the French accent. <laughs> um, I've been in OA, uh, God willing, I'll be celebrating 24 years on November the 5th. And uh, yeah, I turned 70 yesterday. <laughs> yeah, driving here. With my with a friend and uh, yeah, so it's uh, very very uh, good to be here. And uh, I was in Toronto last year and uh, Boston, and I've been to a few of the conventions. So it's wonderful to be here. Very grateful. Uh, very grateful for my recovery. Um, just a little a little bit about my my uh, my story, if you like to identify and in, in that, uh, I um, 
started uh, using food compulsively about probably the age of about 11 and 12, 13. And by the um, <clears throat> age of 15, I was already on a diet. And, and uh, by the age of 17, I was on diet pills and um, that my mother got for me. But anyways, um, so the cycle started of uh, dieting for me. And my eating disorder is um, a lot about putting on the weight and wanting to take it off all the time. And the compulsion to weigh myself, uh, you know, to always um, be on the scale. And uh, just, uh, I would put on, you know, the, the weight and I, I just hated myself so much, you know, so and then I'd be on another diet. And I did a lot of drastic uh, dieting. I. Uh, uh, went to extremes and fasted and uh, would be, di you know, I, one time I fasted for six days with no food, just drinking water and uh, had grapes, I remember, a handful of grapes uh, on the last day, you know, and just so there was erratic kind of, of things and I'd go on, you know, diets, uh, just drinking fluids and uh, and I actually started smoking cigarettes <laughs> to lose weight so that it would curb my appetite. So my breakfast was cigarettes and coffee. And, um, you know, so um, I was able to, um, by the grace of God, to quit smoking uh, 20, uh, 29 years ago. So, but I did start smoking, I was 26 and uh, yeah, yeah, so that was another addiction. and. Uh, yeah, and it was all for the sake of not gaining weight. Anyways, um, this went on for quite a few years, of course, and uh, you hit a bottom, and I, I went, to, I came to OA, and um, it didn't click the first time, and uh, I left for two years, and uh, in those two years, uh, I was, I was older, and uh, just couldn't do the diets anymore. Yeah? They were so uh, dramatic, and. You know, you know, so I just couldn't do that kind of stuff anymore. So I just uh, gained weight, and um, you know, and then um, I remember the uh, the last time I I binged. Uh, my father was coming to visit me, and uh, I had prepared a lot of food for his visit, and I ended up eating a lot of what I had prepared, and so I had to go back out and buy it and you know and I don't know I just you know by the grace of God it just clicked that time it was just like that's that's it you know I just can't do that anymore and and I came back to OA and I've been in OA ever since and uh, you know it's just uh, changed my life and uh, I just love this program anyways here to talk about the slogans so I have a great nephew. I have no children of my own, but I've been blessed with a great nephew, and <laughs> he uh, has helped me prepare. I said, "Can you help me prepare something?" I'm doing this talk in in um, in Portland, and so he doesn't know about OA as such. But uh, so anyway, so I prepared this little handout, <laughs> so that some of you, if you would like it, uh, so I did it with him. You know, he's 16. Um, and his best friend, I think, has an eating disorder. Um, they've been friends for about eight years, and he's 15, and I see a lot of the uh, signs and symptoms of, um, of an eating disorder, and they're often at my place, these boys, eh? So, so anyway, so we're doing that, and so we've got slogans in the middle, and what does it mean? It's a short phrase that is easy to remember, you know? So, um, and so just talking about these slogans, and so you've talked about a few of them, so um, I'll just go into, I wanted, to, the, the one that uh, when I was preparing, um, where did it go? Of all the ones that I was looking at and thinking about um, is um, progress, not perfection. And uh, I'm just going to read from the um, Voices, Voices of Recovery, okay? So it's May the 12th, progress, not perfection program slogan. I never thought of myself as a perfectionist. After all, I was overweight. How could I be a perfectionist? I've since learned that it has nothing to do with how you look. Perfectionism is a deadly character trait. It can kill as easily as compulsive eating. It taught me that I'd never measure up or get it right. And it was a lie. Progress, on the other hand, gives me room to breathe, to be human, to make mistakes, and to get back on track. Progress helps me become more flexible, accepting, and self-loving. Perfection feeds my dishonesty. 
progress feeds my soul's desire for wholeness and health. I've come to believe that nothing in this world is perfect. Progress allows me freer choice and creates a healthy self-esteem. Perfection breeds disease and precludes self-esteem. I still experience my perfectionism, but because of a way and this slogan, I recover more quickly. I learn more from my mistakes than from trying to be perfect. Today, my program and my life reflect progress, progress, not perfection. I see myself and my body as a work in progress. Today is good and I am blessed. So that's a very important slogan for me is progress uh, because food is, you know, we eat three meals a day and uh, well, most of us, is, that's just sort of a pretty well our um, abstinent kind of meals is three meals a day and whatever, some have snacks or other, other plans depending on their individual, individual plans. Um, but this program, it's, it's so, um, like rather than see like what, you know, what I, I didn't, what today, like I ate my, my meal, for example, I ate my meal too fast or whatever, you know, and, and putting ourselves down and, uh, you know, and, and beating ourselves up, eh? you know, rather than seeing where you've come from. And I think back of where I was 24 years ago, you know, in, this, in the disease, and I had um, uh, signs of bulimia too, like over-exercising and using uh, laxatives and using diuretics, you know, and things like that to uh, keep the weight down, you know, and to stop all those behaviors and so much progress, you know, and I like what you said, uh, uh, what's the imperfectly perfect or something? Anyway, something, something like that, imperfectly perfect or whatever. Um, one that I really like also is live and let live. And that's the slogan that, um, you know, other people, there's, we have relationships and uh, I have some friends that could be in recovery and are not, you know, and um, I live and let them live. And I can only be an example of, of recovery for them, for for people around me, and they know that I'm in recovery. So we have to, we can't be taking care of other people and their disease or their addictions, and we have to just do our thing. And it's a full-time job for me to look after myself, so I don't have to worry about looking after other people and just working my program. So that's one that's very important, live and let live. And, um, Keep it simple. When I um, first came into OA, I was going to go to these health food stores and I was going to buy this and that and I was going to, because uh, uh, I was also a sugar addict and I was going to get all this stuff and I was going to make all these things with this whatever things in the health food store, you know, and uh, I was just complicating everything. Eh? And uh, I was very lucky that I got a sponsor. And she said, you know, keep it simple. <laughs> you're complicating, you're complicate. And so my, my meal plan is very simple. And, um, you know, and I, and I really stuck to that. And that's, you know, she told me that 24 years ago, like, keep it simple. I didn't realize I was complicating things. I was thinking that I was gonna go like, you know, I'm gonna be healthy, you know, and uh, so like, like all or nothing, eh? Just uh, either I'm into the, or I'm just the other extreme, eh? So uh, to just the balance, eh? So to keep it simple, um, first things first, um, some of these I've borrowed from uh, another fellowship that some of you may be familiar with, but that's a very important one, first things first. The first thing for me is my recovery, okay? And that's what's important for me. And that's what I have to do every day is my recovery. So my day starts with, um, I meditate in the morning and I do prayer and I give my, my day to God. And I have a, a, an OA prayer that I say every morning. So every morning I, I um, get in contact with, you know, with my God and with my disease and to ask for an abstinent day, you know. And that's what I have to do first and not start doing all kinds of things and rushing around and, uh, you know, getting blah, blah, blah. And well, I'll do that later, you know. I'll uh, get the, you know, I'll get the prayer later. Or I'll do that later. You know, it's, 
first things first, and my day will go much better. And um, it's very important uh, to to keep that in mind. Um, I wrote here, this too shall pass. You know, one of the things that um, uh, when you get uh, an urge or whatever, a craving or cravings don't last very long. They do pass. We're not in a state of craving constantly. And you know what? You're not going to die because you're craving something, right? Nobody dies from craving, craving something. They don't die from that, you know. So things do pass, eh? And we have in life something. Things, all kinds of things have happened since I've been in recovery. You know, I've lost my parents, of course. Uh, you know, whatever. Lots of, uh, lots of things and um, relationships and and that, you know. But uh, everything does pass. And uh, there's a new day, and we can start at any time to, um, you know, if you're having a hard time with your recovery and, uh, you know, let this bad day, but this, the day will pass and the morning will come. Okay? So this too shall pass. Then I wrote, the, the, Know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And that's about denial, isn't it? Okay? You know, we can be in denial. I was in denial for a long time. Um, I, I didn't realize I had, except I, I was, I'm a nurse by profession, and um, I was a public, public health nurse, and uh, I used to actually teach nutrition, you know, to school children, to mothers. Uh, I used to teach prenatal classes and teach nutrition. And uh, we have, I don't know what you have here in the States, uh, but in Canada we have from our, the government, federal government, we have we had Canada's food guide and whatever. So it's just the way out to eat well and everything. I used to teach that, you know, but I couldn't apply it to myself eh, because I, I, in my head, I knew I knew everything. Like I mean, I knew I didn't know everything, but I knew, you know, I knew logically um, what was right, you know. But I couldn't I couldn't do it for myself, you know. But it wasn't the knowledge that I didn't have. I was in denial about by my illness about my compulsive eating and it took a long time and I had to for myself personally hit a bottom to to come to terms with uh, that I just can't do this anymore that I'm powerless over food my life is totally unmanageable and to you know to start believing in a higher power and to turn to turn my life over to this higher power and to start working the steps you know so um, the truth does set us free to get out of denial and to, uh, you know, I did, you know, quit smoking. <laughs> um, easy does it, have we talked about that one? No. Um, that's another good one, eh? Easy does it. Um, like I mentioned a little while ago, like uh, all or nothing, you know, and uh, just going to get all involved and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to blah 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 you know and uh, rather than just take it easy and that goes with the other one which is uh, one day at a time eh? uh, those two go together kind of easy does it eh? and one day at a time um, there's another one here that's not on here but it's uh, uh, that we can use is uh, think 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 you know think about what we're doing and I thought also of uh, you know failing to plan is planning to fail and uh, that's a big, that's a good one for um, for our eating because we have to plan our food, and we have to shop and to have what we need and to be responsible, you know. And if we plan, and then you know, chances are we're not going to fail. But if we're not planning, uh, then chances are we will. We won't have anything. Let's say in the, your home or whatever, and uh, that's um, that's that you can make good choices with. So um, we do have to plan in the plan of uh, our plan of eating and our action plan too. Right? It's all part of our daily, because that's what we have in uh, in this disease. Is we have a daily reprieve. You know, it's one day at a time, and it's just for today, and not to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will will come and will take care of itself. Um, just. Um, 
I was going to ask, um, well, I think people will come up when we have the pitches to uh, maybe have, uh, you know, their, other people sharing on uh, slogans and what they've done in their life. Um, keep coming back, of course, is a big one. Um, thank you. Yeah, so keep coming back. Um, and we always say at the end of the meeting when we hold hands and say, after we say our prayer, we say, keep coming back. Yeah, it works if you work it. So those are slogans too, eh? And keep coming back. And no matter what, uh, if you're struggling with for struggling with food, if you're um, relapsed, or you know, just to keep coming back. And I know a lot of people. Uh, well, a lot of people, but I know people who struggle and are, are still coming to meetings. And I think that's great because. Um, and I've seen people leave away and come back. Um, you know, I've, I've seen I've seen a lot in 24 years of that uh, different different situations, but always to keep coming back, you know, no matter what, and you know, one day it'll just you know the, the miracle will happen, right? And to trust that, and to trust that there is recovery and there is um, uh, the fellowship and people and sponsorship and uh, people to help us and to support us in our recovery. So to just keep coming back. I think I'll close with that. And I, I'm sure uh, during our um, pitches that people will have other um, little insights and uh, to share with us. So thank you for listening. Thank you. I'll leave these here if some of you want to pick them up. Just make my nephew happy. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so um, it will be, uh, yes. be three-minute uh, pitches. Uh, we'll open the floor for three-minute pitches. The time will <clears throat> the timer will signal when there is one minute left. If you would like to share, come to the front of the room, form a line to the right. You must sign the release form before you speak. Speak, step up to the microphone and introduce yourself. Tell where you're from and how long you've been in OA. We would like to remind OA members who are in the other fellowship to speak only to your personal recovery in OA. All right. So we have the first person. Thank you, Christina. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Doug. Hi, I'm, I'm Jane. I'm a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. And I've been in the rooms 20, 44 years and three months. And I'm from Copic, New York. But I used to live in Westchester, but then I moved up to Copic. Okay, when you said to keep coming back. Oh, there was, I used to, we used to have a condo in Florida. And this guy always ended the meeting with, keep coming back no matter what. No matter what, keep coming back. And I have done that all these years. I've never had a sabbatical. I've been in the rooms all these 44 years. And I, I go to three or four meetings a week. Because I want to go, not because I have to go. I really want to be there, and I love my OA fellowship. Uh, for somebody who didn't want to be here in the first place, it's a miracle that I'm still in the rooms. I had been to uh, another weight loss program. I gained back everything I lost. Also, going back some, my mother was should have been in this program, but she died before OA was born. She died in 1954. So, because I was ashamed of my mother when when... I heard somebody in my class say, whose fat mother is she? I didn't say hello to her. I never had anybody come to my house after school. I was so ashamed that I had a fat mother. I didn't know that till somebody said that. And she was 385 pounds when she went in the hospital. And she was really obese, but oh, I was not there then. So because I was ashamed of my mother, I thought now the God of my understanding was not a loving God. I thought this God that I understood was going to punish me and make me ashamed. My sons would be ashamed of me just like I was ashamed of my mother. So I, I felt such, so bad about that that now I'm just meant to be fat. So no more weight loss programs. But my son's godmother came to my son's birthday when he was 11, July 23, 1974. She said, what are you doing tonight? I said, nothing. I had the party ready. She said, good, then you're coming with me to OA. <laughs> so the third tradition is the only desire, only requirement is a desire to stop eating compulsively. I desire to get her off my back. For, for six weeks, every week, she said, Jane, you got to come with me. 
I was going shopping, I was having company, one excuse after another, and I had no intentions of being in these rooms. That was it, no more. Then she, she caught me. She said, I said, I wasn't doing anything. Good, you're coming with me to Hawaii. Well, you know what I did with all the birthday crap that I had? I finished it. Well, if I'm going to this Hawaii tonight, I better eat this now and get rid of it. <laughs> and, and so I heard, act as if, at the first meeting I went to, and I did. I acted as if. I got down on my knees, and I said, okay, God, if you're there and if you hear me, help me if you will. In the first four months, I lost 40 pounds. Mm. I didn't sign the We Care book because maybe somebody would call me. <laughs> and I didn't take any numbers, and I didn't make eye contact. If I kept my eyes glued to the floor, maybe nobody would talk to me. So that's how I came to this fellowship. And so 44 years later, here I am. It's like, by the grace of God, that I'm here because I didn't want to be here in the first place. So keep coming back no matter what. No matter what, keep coming back. Thank you. That's what I I'm really. Bonjour tout le monde. Je suis Marianne. Je suis en Québec. I'm just trying to wake you up. <laughs> but I am from Quebec, but I live in New York, and I'm really new to OA. I say I'm new to OA because I've been going for two years, but my progress has been very slow. But I'm learning, I'm sitting on a stool, and the legs get short on one side, and then I learn, oh, dang, I have to work on that. And then the other leg gets short, and I have to work on that. And so my progress, although it's been slow, it's been a very high learning curve. Now, some of the slogans are really popular and they're helping me get along. But recently there is one that, something I heard, and if it isn't a slogan, it should be. And I think I heard it on a vision for you, so this isn't coming from me. One of the things that I always heard is um, desperation is a gift, the gift of desperation. I'm sitting there going, guess I'm not desperate enough. I'm just not getting it. You know, I'm going to the meetings. I'm listening to about three hours a day. I go to three meetings and one uh, big book study. And I'm still not getting it. But progress, slow progress, you are getting it. You just don't see everything at once. But the thing that really clicked for me and made sense to me when nothing else made sense, the gift of desperation is stop digging you're there you know for me when do you reach rock bottom you know I haven't I haven't reached rock bottom but then I understand just stop digging you're at the bottom now until you keep digging then you're going further so that's a little something I wanted to share and thank you have a good evening I'm Barbie. I'm a compulsive overeater. I come here from Marion, Massachusetts, and um, I've been in program for 27 years, almost all of which has been abstinent. And um, I just want to talk about one slogan, which is let go and let God, because I have a story that I'd like to share with you. Um, I have a, a sprout business, I grow sprouts. And um, the FDA is very concerned about sprouts uh, um, because they are concerned that they might have a pathogen in them. And so they were doing a survey of all the U.S. sprout companies, and they came and they were going to sample 100 samples of my alfalfa sprouts and 100 samples of my bean sprouts and 100 samples of this seed and that seed and that sprout and the next sprout. And, of course, I had to watch them, him, do this work because I had to make sure he was doing it right. And I was standing there watching him sample these things and everyone went in a plastic hermetically sealed bag, new um, gloves every time he um, got a new sample and the whole process and thinking the slogan that I remembered was, if you test enough you'll find it. <laughs> and 
So I knew I was in for, for trouble. And for some reason, God asked me to say, to step back and talk to God. And uh, this is, I know the reason why, it's because of the practice that I get in OA, of, one, of letting go and letting God. And the moment I did it, God said to me, you're gonna be okay, whatever happens, you're gonna be okay, you're gonna put one foot in front of the other, and you're gonna do the next thing, and that's what life is. And I went, thank you. <laughs> And the next slogan is, um, claim your seat. <laughs> I'll sign after. Hi, everybody. I'm Amy. I'm a food addict. How are Hi. you? Um, the thing that helps me, and I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty new, you guys. Um, I'm six months, just shy of six months in the room, just shy of six months abstinent. Um, been very committed. Um, one of the things that, one of the slogans that I think about is, this is the last house on the block. I don't know if anybody's heard that. Um, I've been back and forth, as I'm sure many of us have, and getting into OA and realizing that this was it, the, the last house on the block really resonates with me. But one of the things that has been really, really reassuring and redirecting for me has been the slogan that it's not my job to take somebody else's inventory. So much in what I deal with and think about in my history, in my, in my past, in my present, is what I was shortchanged, how I was misunderstood, how I didn't get what I was owed or whatever. And that all comes down to taking somebody else's inventory, right? To, to, to feeling like if somebody didn't understand me, then that's there, or I have to. And realizing that some of the things that are sent my way don't belong to me. They don't belong to me, they don't come from me. And why somebody talked to me like that, or why somebody made me feel some way has nothing to do with me. And I can't fix or change anybody but me can't take anybody's inventory except for my own. And as long as I'm honest, um, that has proven to be very, very centering and grounding. Um, and it's just been very, very helpful for me. And I am so grateful for, thank you both for your service, for your shares so much. I'm so grateful for every piece of slogan and wisdom that I pick up in these rooms and from all of you wonderful people, so thank you. Hi, I'm Gary, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater from New York. Hi, Gary. December will be 17 years, and one of my favorite slogans uh, I was gifted with at a, a Region 6 convention over 10 years ago, and it fundamentally changed my life. And it was an acronym slogan on faith. And the man was sharing on step three. And he said, who would want to give over their will and their lives to God? What are you going to get out of it? He said, you're going to get the results of faith. You're going to have a fantastic adventure in trusting him. And that's what recovery has been for me. I'm keeping off over 120 pounds for 15 years. My life has become more fuller uh, as I've gotten smaller. Very grateful for that. And uh, this, I actually use that slogan in my prayers in the morning uh, when I do my step three work. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm Toby. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi. Um, I wanted to talk about a, a line from the big book, I Stood in the Sunlight at Last. Um, in the big book, he's, it's in Bill's story, he's referring to uh, when it was suggested that he um, come up with his own conception of God if he wasn't willing to uh, believe in the, the typical or the, the classic version, I guess, of God. And, but for me, it kind of sums up 
uh, what happens to us in OA when we come here and we do what is suggested is, um, you know, when I've been coming here for 14 and a half years and um, by the time I was 19 I was 300 pounds. I was depressed, miserable, feeling hopeless. Um, I showed up at my first meeting in pajamas because my clothes didn't fit and I couldn't afford anything else to put on. Um, and so I felt just about as low and miserable as um, possible, like I just, I was at the bottom. And um, for me, this program has, and has helped me to stand in the sunlight at last, to um, get my life back. Um, a life that I thought was out of reach for someone like me. I thought happy lives were uh, a normal, even normal lives were for the fortunate few and not something I would ever have. Um, and so I heard on A Vision for You um, one time a speaker say he did a 180. And so um, I feel like program, that's what program does, can turn us around in the exact opposite direction. Instead of going down, we can keep going up one day at a time. And um, what I have found is that anything that our disease has taken from us, this program can give it back, plus more. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Sharon. I'm a compulsive eater. Um, I've been in this program a year. I, I've struggled and I've had my issues. But it was um, a year ago that I went to my first OA conference and I went to my first workshop on slogans. Um, and I went to that conference with the intention of blowing most of it off <laughs> because I had been talked into it and, um, and you know, I brought my bathing suit and I tried to talk to the person I went in with going, well, I'm going to go to these classes, you do your own thing, right? My class was going to be by the pool and in the bed. <laughs> um, but however, that first class um, workshop I went to on slogans, it touched me. It reached into my heart and it just went, Sharon, this is where you belong. Like I said, I you know, I've been struggling, but I can also tell you I've been going to the meetings, I've been doing everything I can, and in the last couple of weeks I've had some rather significant struggles. And um, I even went to the point the other day of going, food's not going to change it, is it, Sharon? Food is not the answer. There's another answer out there. Food's not going to make it better, it's going to make it worse. And um, one of the slogans I remember from last year um, was one lady that said, If not now, when? So um, I've been trying for the last little while to sort of live by that. If not now, Sharon, when? You know, not when it's too late. And it's never too late. We always have an opportunity to make changes. Thank you. My name's Emily and I'm an abstinent compulsive overeater from Massachusetts, Western Mass. Um, the one slogan that really sticks out to me, and I don't know if it's definitely OA or not, but it, it works, and that is, if God brings me to it, he will bring me through it. And that's, that's helped me a lot, um, especially in the last year, year and a half. Um, I went through a pretty rough divorce and... Um, before that's even really started, um, I had come back to, to OA because I said, if, it, if nothing else is working to make my life better, then I've got to make my life better. And I'd been in um, OA 40-something years ago as a, as a kid, and I had just let it go. So I came back to, to OA, and I actually um, I lost between 60 and 70 pounds and kept it off. And that's the miracle right there is God brought me 
back to OA and he's going to bring me through it and he helped me and it's only because of him that I've been able to maintain the loss that I have and um, it made my life, a, a, the divorce I went through, it made it a lot more bearable and it I wouldn't be where I am with the mindset that I have right now, the positive mindset, if it wasn't for my higher power who I call God. Thank you. All right, so this is all time that we have, and uh, thank you very much. Uh, this is very moving. I, uh, my heart is just wide open, and it's just amazing to hear everybody's recovery, and in a different way, and very, very different, but very similar because I'm a compulsive overeater and I know the suffering of compulsive overeater, what it is to be a, a, an active compulsive overeater and the, the joy and the gratitude of being in recovery. Abstinent, not abstinent, semi-abstinent, but we're all here and we're all doing it together and learning from each other. And so I'm just very, very, very grateful. Do you want to say something? I'm just gonna. Uh, Nike would say, "Just do it." <laughs> I just want to read uh, from Voices of Recovery, and I think everything, all the slogans we talked about. This one is the one that we need: is one day at a time. Everything that we're doing is just one day at a time. As difficult as it is to shed old habits, I keep remembering the relief and freedom and joy that came from the first time I tried abstaining one day at a time and not worrying about what would happen tomorrow. I really wanted recovery from compulsive overeating. I attended meetings regularly, began working the steps, and got a sponsor, but still the gift of abstinence eluded me. I heard one day at a time, repeatedly, but my suffering continued. Then one night, my higher power spoke to me about not worrying about what would happen tomorrow. That was my first day of abstinence. God took my worry. I received his peace. Now I can understand what living one day at a time truly meant. God, thank you for the gift of today. I'm grateful for the freedom, relief, and joy I now feel. Thank you. Okay, we will end with the serenity prayer. Let's take a moment of silence uh, for those that are still suffering outside from it. God, God grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Keep coming back in the words that you work with us.